0: In today's show, a little bit of a wrap-up of things that happened across the weekend with NBA Free Agency talking about best available guys and a quick touch on the start of the California Classic Summer League. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline Online is where the game starts. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So, I was I was going to do a show yesterday, and then nothing really happened, and then not much happened today either. So. You know, while just play this episode in the background, keep it going. We'll talk about a few things. There's not many things that have gone down. We're still waiting for dominoes to drop like the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving situations. They're probably the two biggest things, obviously, that we are waiting on, but there could be other moves that go down in the next three to four days. But today, we're just going to recap the 15 or 16 or so moves that happened over the last couple of days, look back at the best available free agents, and just give you an idea of some things that did happen at Summer League or some things that might be, I guess, considered uh, important or things that you need to pay attention to. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, free agency. Again, it's not particularly exciting. The guys that have moved or changed teams or re-signed or anything like that. But there is some important things here. Jalen Smith has gone back to Indiana on a two-year, $9.6 million deal. That's basically the most they could offer him because of the declined um, rookie team option that Phoenix did. I thought he'd have a little bit more um, appeal around the league. I thought he played pretty well. Their front court is still pretty chockers, with Miles Turner still there for how long, I honestly don't know. I I get the feeling, again, that could be one of those dominoes that moves in the next week or two. Um Miles Turner's still there. There is still the Dart. Gogo Badadze. Problem with my gogomobile. Mobile. Mobile. No, not the Dart. Not the Dart. He's still there. Obviously, Isaiah Jackson is still there. O'Shea Brissett is still there. Um could a Smith and Jackson front court work together? Because I believe that the potential in those guys is, is higher than O'Shea Brissett significantly and probably higher than Bedadze, even though I do like Goga. It's still not a clear-cut front-court situation, and that's, at this point, just completely discounting Miles Turner. So while it's good that Jalen Smith is back, we don't think we're going to get 32 minutes a night of Jalen Smith, and it's probably just going to be a pretty messy situation, I, I would expect. Um... With the paces through most of this season and off season until we try and figure out exactly, or well, they figure out what they want to do. But I would imagine their priority is Jackson Smith, then probably Bedadze and Brissett. Pretty similar. Um, I really, really doubt that they're bringing back someone like a TJ Warren to be in that mix, but I guess it's possible. I don't think Kendall Brown is going to be playing into uh, discussions at this point in his career, and I don't think the Red Rooster Terry Taylor is going to be a part of things either. As much as he showed some flashes, I don't think he's going to be um, someone who has a big impact there. This one is important, but we sort of expected it to happen, and Yusuf Nurkic goes back to Portland four years, $70 million. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Um, obviously, there's Jeremy Grant, there's Lillard, there's Simons, there's yeah, and Nurkic, there's four of your five starters. I would expect that the other one is either Nasir Little or Josh Hart, and that's a solid enough starting group. Um, yeah, Nurkic, I still think he's going to be a draftable player. You're not touching him in the top 50. He's probably going to be top 80 or so, with an actual ability to exceed that number. But with Jeremy Grant hogging shots, and then Lillard and Simons, he's just not going to get many offensive opportunities. And part of the way that Nurkic has thrived in the past is getting the ball a little bit, playing like a mini Jokic-ish sort of role and um, distributing balls, but he's not going to have that opportunity. So while this is a good contract for him, it's solid enough for Portland, Um, his block rate really did drop last season. And if he's just going to have a little downtick in usage and ball handling, it's not going to be great for his numbers, I would expect. So it's not an ideal situation for Nurkic in his fantasy numbers, but in terms of his career and getting the money, it's all well and good. Bryn Forbes goes to Minnesota on a one-year minimum. I don't think Bryn Forbes is a very good NBA player. I know that he's a terrible fantasy player. So while they have lost Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley out of that backcourt, and Bryn Forbes might get rotation minutes, we should not care. One-year minimum deal. What I would expect or hope, I don't know if they're moving on from D'Angelo Russell, but it'll be Russell and Edwards that starts, probably McDaniels at the three, and then coming off the bench, you're probably going to have McLaughlin and Jalen Noel, who I do really like. I think Jalen Noel can really step into that role that Beasley was playing and maybe have fringe at least 14-team league value. As for Forbes, I would hope that he just doesn't play most nights, which is, again, that's the hope. And I think that McLaughlin and Noel will be ahead of him in that rotation. Um, another minimum signing, Damian Lee. The Suns roster is still in flux. They are very firmly in the mix for Kevin Durant. It appears that the Suns and the Heat and the Raptors are probably the top three teams. Now there's whispers of Golden State wanting to get in the mix for Kevin Durant, which is would just absolutely blow my mind. While it does feel like just completely sidetracking here, it does feel fait accompli that Kyrie is going to end up as a member of the Lakers. That's just what it feels like at this point. I don't know how that's all going to go down, and maybe I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Damian Lee goes to Phoenix. Um, Just another minimum signing. Again, the Durant trade, if it does happen to Phoenix, mixes this entire roster up. Lee is not a good fantasy player in general, so I wouldn't get too interested there no matter what happens. Drew Eubanks goes back to Portland to back up Yusuf Nurkic on that one-year minimum deal. So we know he had some really interesting value last season, but him and Trendon Watford and Brandon Williams and those guys who were just getting pumped full of minutes towards the end of last season, it was a completely anomalous situation because you're gonna have Simons and Lillard and Grant and Little and Nurkic and all of these guys who didn't play last season Back in the mix, so you're, oh, I hope and Watford does this. Oh, I was really banking on Drew Eubanks. This is why you, especially in dynasty leagues, you need to be really, really cautious when those things happen at the end of the season, because they're just not going to be realistic to continue. And we have again Eubanks going back, solid enough, as a backup. Now, this one I don't get. I don't know why Bol Bol got a two-year deal with Orlando. Yes, it's minimum, and the second year is probably non-guaranteed or something. But what has he shown? in three years or whatever it is, to show that he's an NBA player. I, I would suggest nothing. And I don't, wouldn't say there's minutes there. Carter, Bamba, Bancaro, Akiki, Isaac. These are all guys exclusively at the four and the five. Wagner can play up at the four as well. I don't know where Bowles plan. So while you might love the fantasy skill set, and on a per minute basis, it looks great, he's not good enough to get anywhere near those minutes to make an impact. And I don't really get it. Darius Garland gets an extension five years, which can push up to 231. I think it's set at 191, but it, you know, with supermaxes and all NBAs and all that sort of stuff, it can push to 231. Great for him after, uh, honestly, a disastrous rookie season, and then an improved second year and a great third year. Like really that trajectory. And it's something we have to remember. Guys like Jaden Ivey this season, I think he might suck. I think he'll be terrible as a rookie, as so many guards are. De'Aaron Fox, he sucked as a rookie point guard. Jalen Green as a guard. He sucked for most of the season as a rookie. Lamelo Ball, probably a little bit different, actually. But so many guards are dreadful, point guards especially, when they come into the league, and then things start to turn around. And we saw that with Darius Garland, and now he's rewarded with a huge contract. Cody Martin, an interesting signing. Four years, $32 million back to Charlotte. Now, that Hornets roster is very much in flux. I'll talk about something with that a little bit later on. But we've got LaMelo and Rogier. We've got probably Mark Williams, although Steve Clifford hates rookies, so I don't know that he's going to start. You've got PJ Washington, who's probably going to start. And then at the three, there's Gordon Haywood. Is he still going to be on the Hornets in a week's time? I don't know. And Cody Martin. not going to mention the other guy's name just yet. I will talk about him later. Um, But Cody Martin. There's real rotation minutes here available. The other guys who are in the mix are James Booknight. I don't really think so. Jalen McDaniels, he'll probably battle Cody Martin for backup three and four minutes. But there's an opportunity in 14-team leagues for Martin to play a 26, 27-minute-a-night role on this squad with how things look at the moment, understanding that things could be completely blown up and changed around. But Clifford's going to love Cody Martin if he didn't already. I can't remember if he coached him at the start of his career. Really good defensive wing, and we know defensive wings are important. He has improved his ball handling, his shooting a little bit. It's not great. Um, But I think it's a really, really, really strong commitment. Um, Martin showed a strong commitment to defense, and it's paid off with a really nice um, contract to him. Guys, I have to tell you now, though, about BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs and your sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball, all your fight action, golf, and futures for many sports as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. If you head to BetOnline.net right now, it's ridiculous. You can find future odds, future odds for the NBA. Not all oh, the NBA, sorry, for the NFL. Every game's there. There's also um, NBA Summer League games up there at the moment. It's the California Classic. Golden State, the Lakers. Lakers five and a half point favorites for today's game. It's over there at betonline.net. The Lakers team looks a bit stronger than the Warriors. He looks pretty dreadful in Summer League. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to another page of free agent signings. Jock Landau traded again to Phoenix. I don't, look, they've lost McGee. It appears they're going to lose DeAndre Ayton. And their center rotation at the moment is Biombo, who just signed a one-year minimum, and Jock Landale. That's it. Now, I wouldn't expect they stick there. Now, I didn't know this also. I missed this news when I was away. But Dario Saric had to have a second surgery on his knee in May for a meniscus repair. or, or So I don't know how long he's going to be, but there is an expectation he's not ready to begin the season, which I didn't know about. Um, so their center spot, There's nobody there. At this point, it is Landau and it is Biombo. That could easily change. And depending on what they do with Aiton, there's still a big question mark there. But I would expect, because McGee's gone to Dallas, I would expect Biombo would start. But Landau is a really interesting player who showed some flashes last season with San Antonio and went in the DeJounte Murray trade to Atlanta and now basically just traded to Phoenix for cash, I believe. So he's there with Biombo in that mix, I wouldn't think that either of those guys would be must draft players, but they could have streaming value, especially even for standard leagues, because there's just no other center there available. It could change. Maybe Sharich is ready, and they go with him full time at center, which doesn't seem great. Um, maybe there are other there are other moves afoot. Who knows? But their center position is weak. Eugene Omari was signed to the Thunder on a two way contract. He was with Dallas at the start of last season. I don't think there's anything exciting there. Um, Josh Okogie, speaking of not exciting, he goes to Phoenix on a one-year minimum. He's a bare back-end rotation player. That's, I didn't mean to call him bare back, but he is a, a barely there back-end rotation guy who provides a defense and probably shouldn't see many minutes. But again, this team, this roster appears like it's in pretty significant flux. Goran Dragic. The iron shoulder goes to Chicago on a one-year $2.9 million deal. We didn't really see much of Dragic last season. He played in Brooklyn towards the end of the year and he was okay at times. He's not going to you know, cut into the minutes of the starters. Levine, Lonzo, assuming he's healthy, which I think he will be, but I'm not convinced. Um, but it's just another guard on that bench to mix in with Ayo Dasunmu, to mix in with Alex Caruso and Kobe White, and now Goran Dragic? I don't really understand how that's all going to work. Who's going to play? Caruso, Dasunmu, White, Dragic. Only two of those guys, or maybe three, are going to play each night. There's obviously no fantasy value in that, but if Flonzo is healthy, big if, the value you might have gotten out of Caruso at some point last season probably isn't there. The value you got out of Dasunmu is almost definitely not there. Dalen Terry also, Jesus Christ, their first-round pick. He's just not going to play. Dragic is probably not going to have an impact. Um, Kobe White's not going to have – there's just not enough minutes. Are these guys going to push up and play the three? Now, the the Bulls are thinking, hey, I know we're in the same division as the Pistons, so let's just – let's do that. Let's just load up on guards and just forget wings. No wings ever. We don't want wings. We don't want forwards. Sorry, our forwards are Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, and DeMar DeRozan. Oh, they're, they're the forwards on this team. Unless there's someone I'm missing, that's their forwards. Justin Lewis is a two-way guy. Who else have they got as a forward? Javonte Green, who's really a guard. Yeah, that's it. They got There's no forwards. So they have got centers. they got three of those, which is great. Four of them, actually. Vuc, Simonovic, Andre Drummond, and Tony Bradley. Four centers, great. And a bunch of guards. So another weird roster-building situation that's going to cause either them playing really small with a lot of guards or a lot of these guys having to sit and not play, which is weird. Robin Lopez goes to Cleveland as a third string center, I guess filling in the Ed Davis role. He's significantly better than Ed Davis. So if something happens to Allen and Mobley or Allen or Mobley and someone needs to come in and and get rotation minutes, it's Lopez, which is good because he's a really, really useful player still, but you don't need to rely on him. You don't, need, sorry, you don't need him out there every night, and he won't be out there every night. But when you do need him, he can he can be solid. There's still Kevin Love there, of course. Um Isaiah Mobley, who they drafted, Evan Mobley's brother, he signed a two-way. So he was like the 49th pick. The other interesting two-way that I thought today was Bryce McGowan's 40th pick in the draft from the Hornets. They signed him to a two-way. Just that that that's weird to have a pick that high. On a two-way. I, I would have thought he could have made the regular roster, but he's on a two-way deal. So that's something to pay attention to as well. Then we had Sam Hauser go back to Boston on a three-year, $6 million deal. Cool. Hauser's okay. Their roster's a little bit thin, but he's not going to be a regular rotation player, I wouldn't expect. Because they did sign Danilo Gallinari, of course. Um, and lastly, just this just happened. Isaiah Roby was waived by the Thunder. Roby? Put up some solid numbers two years ago. And then towards the end of last season, some good some good numbers. But it's one of those things, again, when you look at situations on bad teams and see guys play well, it doesn't mean anything a lot of the time. Remember Moses Brown? Again, you'll be saying the same thing about Trent and Watford and guys like that who was okay when presented that opportunity, but when things get real... And we bring in Pig Williams, and we bring in Chet Holmgren, and then Derek Favors is still there, and there's Jeremiah Robinson Earl returning? And their roster's got too many players on it. Roby's contract was so small. I think Roby's an NBA rotation player, and teams should be looking to claim him off waivers at that contract really quickly. And at this point, he hasn't been claimed, but he should. But it's one of those things that you know we saw him have runs with big minutes in Oklahoma City, and. It just wasn't realistic. Oh, Pokaszewski, Baisley, all these guys are still there, right? So it just wasn't that opportunity for him. Will he ever get a chance to be that center who plays 28 minutes a night again? Almost definitely not. But he is an opportunity. Like if I was Denver, yeah, having him as the backup center instead of DeAndre Jordan is significantly better. Like significantly. I think he's a solid NBA player and teams should be grabbing him. But he's not going to move into a starting role. Phoenix should grab him. He's better than Landale. He should be able to challenge um, Biombo. That's it's one to watch. Just it's one to watch where Roby goes and what sort of role he can um, he can end up with. Guys, Rock Auto—it's the absolute place to go when you are looking for parts for your car. Because if you go to a local chain auto parts store. It's, it's disgusting, really, isn't it? We have to line up in a queue of people. We have to talk to a bloke behind the counter who's going to overcharge us and give us only the brands that his warehouse happens to stock. With Rock Auto, you've got access to everything. Everything's there. And it's all, it's all at a reliably low price. Why would you pay 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts for your car? The answer is you wouldn't and you shouldn't. Rock Auto has everything from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your car or truck. So head to rockauto.com, an online family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years, and find all of the parts available for your car or truck. And in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box, you're out locked on so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's look at the best available players who are left. And then we'll talk about summer league and talk a little bit about KD. Um James Harden. He's still not signed, but I, I fully believe he's going back to Philadelphia, probably on the Chris Paul three years hundred million or a four year one twenty 120 or one twenty five, something like that, in the range of thirty three million, taking about a twelve, thirteen million dollar uh a year haircut it would be my guess. Um, yeah, enabling them to bring in guys like Tucker and House and, and and really strengthen that team. So kudos for James. Now, absolutely kudos for any player getting their own money or getting the maximum they can. Shout out Bradley Beal. But also, you know, if you're willing to sacrifice that 10 million to build a winner, kudos to you as well. You either you earn the money or you and you earn the right to do what you want with that money and you earn the right to turn down money to bring other players in. We shouldn't lionize guys, which Harden is never going to be lionized because people hate him. But we shouldn't be like, man, that's so unselfish. Yeah, that's the best. Everyone else is greedy. That's that's garbage, right? Players who, you know, if someone said to you, hey, you can have 30 million or 50 million. So many of you realistically are just going to say, give me 50. Or even in a different situation, you could have $100,000 or $150,000. Majority of it's like, give me 150. Or give me the 250 versus 100,000. You'd take that, wouldn't you? And that's fine. But if you're in a situation where you say, oh, but maybe this doesn't matter to me. And I'll, I'll take the cheaper one to help build my team around me. Like you, you all have different things and both things can be applauded and neither of them need to be heavily criticized. I can criticize the Wizards for offering Bradley Beale $50 million plus per season. And I will, and I'll continue to do that. But I won't criticize Bill because we know what he wants. He wants to be the number one player on a franchise, on a team, and making the most money he can. And congratulations to him. He has done that. General Aiton is still available. I honestly don't know what team is out here with the max offer sheet for him. It feels like it's going to have to be a sign and trade. But where's he going? I, I honestly don't know. I would love... It won't happen. I'd love the Thunder to get in on this. Aiton and, and Holmgren in the front court. I'd love to see that. I don't think it'd happen. But mm, I, I, I don't see the clear landing spot for DeAndre Ayton. I get the feeling, and I hope it isn't. I hope this doesn't drag out, like, say, the Tristan Thompson restricted free agency, or even to a lesser degree, the way Jared Vanderbilt stretched out, like a few months last season. I think it's going to be annoying. TJ Warren is still out there. Um, you have to think that his foot is just a little bit screwed up still, which is clearly not ideal. Um, Going to be really hard to trust to draft him, uh, given the fact that he hasn't signed anywhere, he hasn't played in two years, and he's consistently gets hurt with his lower body injuries. So he's still available. Miles Bridges, let's talk about the guy that I didn't talk about earlier on. Miles Bridges. Um, the Hornets have withdrawn his qualifying offer. He is no longer a restricted free agent. Miles Bridges, to me, if you haven't seen, he was arrested for domestic violence. The images and the video footage and the words of his wife and the video of his son are pretty harrowing. You know what? Yes, maybe there is some elaborate fake out going on here and none of this stuff happened and he hasn't been proven guilty. I know that. But everything here. You know, it's very different to the Rashawn Holmes case where it was accused, but there was none of this stuff. No proof, no images, no nothing. Right, And that was thrown out because she was lying. This one seems very different. And the fact that the Hornets have pulled the qualifying offer suggests to me that they know that it is um, real and serious. And I would not expect Miles Bridges to play in the NBA at all this season. The NBA does need to, though. They do need to suspend him. If they're going to be, if this is going to be the case, if it is this serious, he needs to be suspended because, um, from a purely basketball perspective, the fact that Charlotte has withdrawn that qualifying offer, there'll be some owner or some team that doesn't care, and they'll come in and they'll sign him to some sort of minimum contract deal, and you know, take advantage of the situation for their own benefit, alienating a lot of fans. Maybe there wouldn't even be a minimum contract; they'd sign him to something. Shout out to the Browns and Deshaun Watson, right? And some team will do that. Um, so the NBA needs to be out here suspending this guy. I think, um, obviously, once more they get the complete facts or they understand exactly what's happening. But to me, if his career is over, I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I think that's, to be honest, that's probably the best outcome. I, I you know, you know that I really do rail against shit blokes a lot in the NBA. Yeah, you know, I'm a massive anti fan of Lance Stevenson. I can't understand people cheering for the bloke. Kendrick Nunn, get that garbage all the way out of here, right? I'm just not, this This stuff is ridiculous and I, the people cheering and supporting and ignoring this stuff is, is frustrating to me. This one is more high profile than the stuff that Lance and Kendrick did. I'm sure there's someone else that I'm missing. Um, and I don't think he's going to be able to you know, generate the fan base that Lance Stevenson does despite yeah being similarly uh, trash adjacent. So I, I just from a, it opens up a ton in Charlotte for playing time for fantasy for sure because it means PJ Washington numbers up, Jalen McDaniels numbers up, Cody Martin numbers up, Gordon Hayward who knows what the hell happens there, but I would expect that this is if not the end for Miles Bridges, he could be in jail for five years. I got I got no idea like it's 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 the end. I I think I'd be pretty shocked if this doesn't have a significant impact on his career. Speaking of Hornets players who are in legal trouble, Montrez Harrell, not signed, in legal trouble for drug possession. Drug. I don't know if they called it drug possession with intent to traffic, something along those lines. Um, He's not good enough to get away with that either. You know that I've been very anti Montrez Harrell as a high upside player or as a guy that you want to play big minutes to. He's an empty stat guy who only can beat up against reserves and then still gives up just as many points going the other way. And his time as being fantasy relevant was over two years ago. Um, but now it's time for everyone to realize that it was over two years ago because people are still treating him like this great fantasy asset. And he would always come out, ADP 65, Montrez Harrell, we're ranking him in the 70s. And I'd be like, what are you guys doing? This is stupid. And that happened for the last two years. He's cooked. Um, interestingly, the two guys that Old Mate, Wes Unsold, and the Wizards front office were playing as their centers, Tom Bryant and Montrezl Harrell, they're both still available. Turns out they're not very good. Oh, shocker. Wow. Who could have seen that coming? Um, they're both available. Bryant will probably catch on somewhere as a backup, but that's who he is. He's a backup center. Dennis Shredder, still available. Surely nobody wants him as their starting point guard, so he is still around. And Colin Sexton, the other restricted guy, I've got no idea where Sexton's market is either. He might be a good Dallas guy to replace Brunson, but his season two years ago, which was really high volume, really high efficiency, and lacks all the peripherals, that's probably high water point for him, high water mark. I don't think he's going to be in a situation where he gets that usage. He might maintain that efficiency, but usage drops. And then the constant thing we talked about with Sexton, anemic rebounds, low assists, low steals, low blocks, low free throw attempts, hurts his fantasy game significantly, and I don't really see a path for him to, to even sniff the top 70, to be honest, on another team this season. So that's all the free agency stuff. As I said before, the KD and Kyrie situation is still up in the air. I'll obviously do a pod when something like that does go down, but it does appear that Kyrie is heading to the Lakers. And I think um, that's a much better fit with LeBron and Anthony Davis for sure. Uh, It probably does help Anthony Davis's value a little bit, but of course the injury risk with Kyrie, with LeBron and with AD, the chemistry, who knows what the hell happens. It's... Ridiculous! I don't know what the Lakers are send back, but it's got to be more than Westbrook because Kyrie is so, so much better than Russell Westbrook. Westbrook to Brooklyn is a horrific fit next to Ben Simmons and next to Nick Claxton. And then what do they do with, with um, a KD trade? So talking about even a single thing like Westbrook going to Brooklyn, I think is pretty pointless because even if he in, is there, the team that he's with at the moment is not how the team's going to look because again, the KD trade's got to happen and then Westbrook might not even end up there. Regardless, he could put up better numbers, but you know that you're always going to have the efficiency struggles with Westbrook and fit is going to be highly important and how that team views him as a player. That's the, they're, they're some of the most important things. One quick thing on Summer League. I'm going to do Summer League shows this week once Vegas starts up. We've got the, the games going on in um, uh, Gone State at the moment. But one thing to really, really, really focus on Right. This is super important with Summer League. You will see it all the time. People beating their chest, talking about, man, I told you guys, Keegan Murray, man, that's what happens. He's 22. Who cares if he's older? He came, he dominated 26 and eight. Man, what a dominating performance. He couldn't miss, right? You saw all of those tweets. You saw all of that. You might've listened to podcasts. Wow, we found a star. A, it's Summer League, all right? We, we know that if you are a good player, you should put up good performances. But even if you put up poor performances as a rookie, it doesn't matter. Trey Young sucked. He's, he's all, right. all right. These things can work out. You, you put up good numbers, shout out Kevin Knox, doesn't mean you're going to be good. 26 and eight is great. It had zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. It came on 80% three-point shooting and 75% from the field. All right? Numbers which have no way of continuing. My other point with that is, is you would have seen all of the Keegan Murray stuff. Keegan Murray, wow, dominating, dominating, dominating. But you know what you won't see? You won't see t- comments about Keegan Murray and his game today because they played against Miami. They won. Keegan Murray had nine and nine, shot one of seven from three and four of 15 from the field. You won't see those, those things. So you'll just think Keegan Murray's dominating Summer League, whereas literally the very next day, he had an absolute stinker. He also had six turnovers in that game. He did have a steal on the block, but nine points on 15 shots and one of seven from three is horrific. It's horrifically bad. But it's, I'm not saying that he's bad, I'm not at all saying that he's a bad player because he isn't, but you will get fed the big performances. If you're just casually consuming summer league, you'll get fed the clips. You'll get fed the Kings propaganda from wherever it is. Not necessarily the Kings team, but the Kings fans, they'll talk about it. Yeah, everyone wanted to draft Ivy. You know, trust in Monty. He made the right decision. But when a game like this happens, it's crickets and no one says anything. And I'm not right out here just to completely trash the guy. say hey, Look how bad he is. But it's important to get context around this stuff. Because the things that only get highlighted are the big performances. That's what all gets highlighted. And then the very next day, he has an absolute stinker. It doesn't get mentioned. And people think, well, Keegan Murray dominated. Yeah, but he didn't. Uh, Jovic has really struggled, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I was way lower on him than a lot of people. He has struggled in the first two games uh, of summer league. The Heat with some interesting players. I think yeah, Allman's been okay. I think he's looked alright. Attaway looked alright in the first game. Um there's been some interesting enough performances. Uh was the there's the Lakers Warriors game still going on today, which will happen later on in, in the day. And then there was Lakers Heat yesterday. I thought uh Jay Huff looked pretty good in that game. For the Lakers, Max Christie really inefficient, two of eleven. Basically, the stuff that he did in college. Thought Scottie Pippen Jr. looked pretty good. He's an interesting player as a two-way guy. Just a, a name to watch. Um, he was him, Paris Bass. I thought looked all right as well for the Lakers. Um, they're probably the the, the major ones. I, I think we look at there is, is I think Bass and Huff and Pippen. Probably looked all right. Christie was really inefficient. Mo looked good in the first game and struggled in the second one, while Jovic has sucked in in both games. Um, And then we'll see some more stuff happening when we get to Vegas. But that will do it for today's show. Again, not a huge amount happening. If you've got any suggestions of things you want to see for this week, hey, we can't do fantasy ranks yet. People will ask me, hey, have you got, you know, why don't you do where players should be picked? We we, we have no way of doing that yet because, A, I, I don't know where players are. There's some pretty big dominoes still to drop. Durant, Irving, Aiton, these guys, there's some big things that still need to happen and other trades are going to go on and I will start to put all the projections together in the next few weeks. And in August, we really start to get into that. But any other shows, again, we'll do some Summer League stuff. Um, whatever you, what you want to hear or what you want to see, you can drop it down in the comments or tweet it at me and we'll think about what we're going to do. We've got a little bit of flexibility over the next couple of weeks for some, some interesting shows. So I want to hear what you guys are interested in. But if you are following this podcast, or if you're not, follow it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.